Hi, you're listening to In Between Visits, and my name is Dr. Christy Lewis. I'm a naturopathic doctor who's in practice for well over a decade. After years of clinical practice and working with thousands of people, a basic truth has been revealed. Behavior modification, as simple as it is, is difficult to implement, hence the birth of this podcast. If we all know what to do, then why aren't we doing it? With these short and sweet shares, I'm going to answer your questions about how to stay on track with your goals, support, inspire, and motivate you on your journey, see you in your struggles, affirm you in the challenge, and reassure you that you are not alone. Let's get started. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in. It's so awesome to have you back. Dr. Rochelle and I are carrying our conversation around lifestyle medicine, particularly diving deep into stress, the impact of stress, how to support ourselves during this time. Not that that's relevant. Hey, I mean, most of us have really been hit hard. Our nervous systems, our adrenal glands, so much uncertainty, compounding pressures, unrealistic demands, and the body's been along for the ride through all of that time. Dr. Rochelle and I are right alongside you, literally experiencing similar challenges, having very similar reactions to a lot of the same situations that we have all been in. And you know, this understanding, this relatability, this we see you in this is really why we were so excited to have this conversation about stress, the stressors that are coming at us and how they influence our behaviors, um, you know, how it can impact all the aspects of lifestyle medicine, the nutrition, the, um, the movement. And, you know, really at the end of the day, what we hope you'll take home is a few coping mechanisms, right? A few coping mechanisms to support your body during this time. You're not going to feel great right now. None of us are going to feel great right now. But we do want you to feel empowered, you know, to understand what, how are you being impacted and are there ways that you can access some support for yourself along the way? And the key word there being accessible. We, you know, telling a very stressed, exhausted, burnt out person to do more is an absolute mess. So in this conversation, we hope to inspire, to motivate you and potentially um, affirm you in your journey and allow you to really, uh, you know, find those things that are going to offer you some reprieve during this difficult time. So with that in mind, let's get going with the conversation. Hello, Dr. Rochelle, you are back. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Yes. Hi, Dr. Christie. I'm glad to be back. Yay. Okay. So this one, this week's topic is definitely pretty darn important right now. Uh, today, we are continuing our series of conversation from Dr. Rochelle's perspective on lifestyle medicine. One of the big things I want for you guys to get from this experience is, and these, and listening to this is really getting to know Dr. Rochelle. She's an incredible naturopathic doctor with a wealth of knowledge, and I'm so excited that she's decided to collaborate with me and do this podcast. And today, we are going to be talking about stress. Like how much of this have you seen show up in your practice over this last year? Oh my goodness. It's out of control. Like um, OCD, depression, extreme anxiety, eating disorders, substance abuse, the list goes on. It's um, really quite sad, actually. Um, but uh, the good news is that the brain is quite plastic and, and it can be changed. So 
Yeah. yeah, but it, it has been pretty overwhelming as a practitioner as well. Just um, seeing this, my heart goes out to people. It's it's uh, tough this past year and a half. Oh my gosh, I'm like legit lumped in my throat, and I'm I'm so grateful that you have shared that because I really I really feel that. I mean, you and I we both practice from a very empathy based perspective. You know, we really want to lean in and learn about what is happening to people, what they're experiencing, and you know, holding space for people through this really difficult time. Quite frankly, as I, I don't, I don't want to speak for you and also, you know, trying to manage and, you know, work through some of the things that have been coming up has been really interesting from a practitioner point of view. So it's been, it's been tough. It's been really tough. And um, I'm so grateful for the work we do because I do think, you know, holding space for people and impacting the, what is going on and giving them the tools to support them. They're the external stressors we can't always influence. Hey, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this winter was really hard going into um, after having multiple lockdowns already, especially the spring. I don't know if you found that, Dr. Mm. Christie. Mm. I mean, like the days were so short, you're cooped up inside. Like it's just, uh, yeah, and no interaction with anyone other than mm-hmm. online. It was it, it was hard. It was hard for me, too. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then, of course, um, being empathetic and taking on what the patients are doing, even 10 years later I still haven't figured out how to separate it completely so um, I'm still figuring that out but I so get that and I actually think you know again recognizing that piece around holding the space and and taking it all on I also feel like that's what makes me a really really strong practitioner is because it is that ability to really lean in and feel it and understand it and one of the big things you and I've talked about in our vision together as we collaborate as naturopathic doctors is that relatability right so not hijacking or projecting our experiences onto other but really being able to see others because we too are living it um and so I love I love that you're seeing that that you felt that and now, I think one of the big things that carried me through this experience, especially with my work with patients, is really continuing to lean into the physiology. So the, the external experiences of what was going on, never before in my career have I ever, you know, have there not been options to say, well, maybe we could look at it this way, or maybe we could approach it that way. The stressors were coming at people 24-7, and not a big way to influence or change that. So then the conversation became, how do we how do we impact the response to that stress? So maybe you can share a little bit. I, I'd love to hear your perspective on what you see happening when someone is under extreme stress, like what's going on in their body. And then maybe from there, we can talk about how we can influence change with that. Yeah. So um, just to start off, stress can actually be a very good thing. Um, it can motivate you. I, I'm sometimes put things off to the last moment and that motivation yeah. makes me do a killer job. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I was like that through school. Um, it's that and in your like... Olympic career, I feel like you are so humble about this, Rochelle, and I want to make sure <laughs> that, you know, I don't oversell it, but my gosh, you are a Canadian silver medal Olympian. And like, I'm watching the Olympics now and like, I can't even, I just see you there. I see you in the, on the podium. I see you in the, in the boats. Like, it's like, that was such a big part of your life and stress was a big, big factor in that. Yeah. No, but these everyday stresses that are coming at us, what do you, what do you see? What do you see happening there? Yeah, so um, the the problem is is that um, this stress that is is fine in the short term is becoming long term. That that mm. excessive adrenaline and cortisol pumping through your veins, basically, um, and it can affect. I mean, 
I mean, anything that's not for immediate survival is what it's going to affect. So mm -hmm. um, some two at the top of my head are digestion and reproduction, mm -hmm. but it can also increase inflammation. Um, there's some research that it actually shrinks the hippocampus and it can mm -hmm. it can affect your memory. Um, it can affect your immune system. Um, people, it, it can actually um, increase the chance of allergic reactions. Like mm -hmm. it, it goes it, it goes very, very far. And now I say all this, but I also want to make sure um, people know that um, it's okay to not be okay. Um, mm. No, it's okay. Like you're not lazy. This is a year and a half of health to be completely frank. Yes. So yes. Um, just give yourself some space to be okay with that. It's okay mm -hmm. that you, you, you gain 15 pounds that you, mm -hmm. that you're, you're not getting everything done that you're supposed to, um, it just hold space for that. Cause it's been very, very hard and it took us a year and a half to get here and it might take a few months to get out of it. So that's okay. <laughs> I think that's such a wonderful perspective because the interesting thing about the stress response is it moves us into this. When you think about it from a first survival perspective, right? You think about why is it there from an evolutionary? Well, it's we're we're alive. We haven't been eaten by by bears or sharks because of this ten this this necessary part of our brain, our nervous system that alerts us that things are not okay. And yet, unfortunately, and I certainly saw this in myself, I was one of those people in the first three months that had everything uber organized. Like I thought I was like doing okay <laughs> because yeah. my spices were in a line, my like everything was so, and then I took a step back and realized, oh, right, that is my flight reaction. That is that sensation of, you know, being in that constant state of cortisol overdrive yeah. and living from that place. So the start point of it's okay to not be okay is, so important because that's going to give our bodies the space to actually behave in a way to make choices that are going to allow our bodies to come down. Yeah, absolutely. You know what my thing was through the <laughs> pandemic? So I'm, I'm an only child, a four-year-old, as, mm -hmm. as you, Dr. Christie, yes, but um, four-year-old, it's like all about mommy. It's I'm the yeah. number one playmate. There's no siblings. So what I did is I dropped an infinite amount of money on Dollarama and bought so much <laughs> crap just to keep the kid entertained. So um, uh, I just, it was, it was, it was a, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Every time, time the doorbell <laughs> rang, my daughter, she's a little older. She's, she was seven at the time. She like was like, Amazon. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, exactly. It was. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Yeah. So back to that stress response in those early days, right? Those early days, which aren't sustainable, you know, when we kind of mirror what, what was going on externally and how our body was experiencing that much like you said we can't hang out in that stress response forever we're going yeah. to have that experience where the body moves in from that fight flight freeze where we're resistant and we're kind of trying to be within the stress to almost like a crash and burn within that you know that that burnout that exhaustion and I really think that we saw and it, it wasn't linear right like I don't know about you but certainly patients I saw were moving in and out of that um, that experience within their bodies yeah, no, for sure. Um, and I find I find light levels and seasons have a big impact. So mm -hmm. winter, winter is probably mm -hmm. the worst because you can't really get outside as much. So 
Um, uh, and, and one thing I'm finding, I'm doing, uh, the way I practice is I do quite a bit of um, just basic blood work to look mm -hmm. at biomarkers and optimize nutrients and hormones. And mm -hmm. I find I find correcting those deficiencies can actually give a bit of an edge. So um, that that's one way. And people like those objective markers mm -hmm. to see the baseline and mm -hmm. what we're doing to improve them. Can and, you give me um, an example of that? Like what would that yeah. look like for, for a patient comes in, you know, external stresses through the roof, you're holding that empathetic space, you know, you're having a hard time, you're not giving yourself a hard time, be kind to yourself. And yeah, let's dive deep into the, the biochemical markers. And what, yeah. what kinds of things have you been seeing? And then how do you how do you course correct there? Yeah, so um, I, I find if somebody is very tired and going through depression, um, just basic things like correcting iron or B12. Mm -hmm. Like we look at things through a more of a functional medicine perspective of optimal levels. Um, mm -hmm. Low vitamin D, it can absolutely affect energy as well. So um, mm -hmm. I've seen thyroid dysfunction, autoimmune diseases that people didn't know they had, mm -hmm. maybe excessive inflammation, a genetic link, who knows? Um, I know viruses can turn it on too. Um, it's just just getting getting that blood work as a baseline and then um, seeing improvement as well. I can I find can be really helpful um, along with all the lifestyle medicine as an mm -hmm. adjunct. I'm hearing in that is sort of the controllable or what I like to use the empowered factors, right? So we can't, yeah. we can't control that, you know, we're at home again with our child, with our children trying to be doctors and, and mothers and playmates and all of the things. But what we can do is we can look at those controllable factors or those empowerment factors. And as I, I mean, we just practice so similarly because same, same, it's like, you know, life is hard enough. You don't have to go through life with a low, low B12 and low uh, ferritin stores. Like those are kind yeah. of easy fixes, right? But yeah. we need to be able to establish what is actually going on. And I mean, I love that we, part of our training is to look at those numbers in a different way and look at the symptom picture relative to those numbers in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, absolutely. And so swinging around into lifestyle medicine, which is kind of our jam, is mm -hmm. like what it's so this was tricky. I, I don't even I, I'm glad I'm asking the question and not trying to answer it. <laughs> how, how have you been able to support parent that patients or, you know, what's kind of the things because the reality is it was really tricky. I mean, anyone who listened to last last week's session, we talked a lot about, um, you know, the, the sleep component and how that showed has showed up you know, how, how have you been able to support people or make those uh, advice that the, the tips or the advice that are really going to help them make those lifestyle choices? Because as you and I know, habits influence habits, but yet it was really hard to access, you know, the whole foods and the moving the, you know, the yoga and the meditation and the going to bed when there was so much uncertainty and we were looking any way to escape this, this um, difficult time. Yeah. Um, when me personally, also when my anxiety got quite high, when mm -hmm. the COVID numbers were really quite scary, is um, I turned off the news completely. And I found mm -hmm. a direct correlation between listening to the news mm -hmm. <laughs> and anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, and even even my uh, daughter at the time, when she just turned three, she said, Mama, turn off the news. It's awful. <gasps> and I'm like, I totally agree with you, kiddo. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Why are we even listening to this? Because it's all, it, it was all negative. And it, like every, now the Olympics are on and there's so much positive news <sighs> and the women are kicking butt. This is a total <laughs> sidetrack, but it, it, it's like, there's some right? nice news out there. I swear media has um, an affinity for the negative and yeah. it's been so negative for the past year and a half. So that's number one. Uh, watch your, <laughs> watch your news feed. Yeah. And really um, what toxic energy is coming at you, right? 
right? So that can be also, that can also be like setting boundaries. So boundaries can be, uh, you know, who I know Glenna Doyle talks a lot about this and in such a beautiful way in all of her work, you know, the idea of that, you know, she, her and her family are an island and what comes on and off the island is their choice. So really being aware of, again, I don't love the word control, but empowered. How do we stay empowered with what is actually coming in, knowing that it could have an impact on our physiology and cause us to start spiraling within our nervous system. So yeah, number one, I love that. Yes. Yeah. um, Social interactions, which is really Mm -hmm. tricky in a lockdown. So Mm -hmm. it's not quite the same on the computer. Mm -hmm. I feel, Mm -hmm. I feel a bit fortunate, like I'm an introvert. I, I hate I'm not very good at small talk. It's not that I, I hate it. <laughs> so I'm um, actually getting outside and meeting people because we're allowed to be outside and mm-hmm. for, for a lot of this pandemic. Um, my, my kid helped me get there. Um, I think without a kid or a pet, I think mm-hmm. it'd be very difficult to get mm-hmm. out and just meet random people and talk to people. <laughs> so, yes. Oh my gosh. Um, I find, I find, I feel blessed in that way. Um, but in terms of um, people that don't have those two things, mm-hmm. um, make an effort for that social interaction, whatever way it could be, just talk to somebody every day if you can. Um, I think I think um, it gets you out of your head. Um, and uh, find something you love to do. Me personally, I like I like gardening. It's my thing. It's my jam. Um, my husband plays volleyball. It's his it's his thing. So finding um, something new that you maybe didn't know you like to do like it could Mm -hmm. be an art class or something I Um, think that's so important and I and I think we we sort of know this in our minds and and yet I think the access in that right so that the the you know the thing we've talked about as we've seen so similarly in practice which is we all we we know what to do or we'll share with patients what we feel would be ideal for them to do and then the difficulty in actually achieving it and I think sometimes there is the just do it mentality you know maybe Nike was onto something with that but or or another thing that has come up um, that I will often often say to myself is take take it with you so take my tired for a walk take my anxiety to to the tennis courts take my so don't expect to feel better and then move or feel better and then engage in a social interaction maybe you know lean into the difficult sensation that's coming up and do it despite that not to remove that and I think that that yeah. it comes back to that it's okay to me not be okay Absolutely. Recognize those feelings for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, um, I was going to mention exercise, um, obviously. Uh, Just getting out for a walk. You don't have to do um, an actual heart rate of 180 going out Mm -hmm. for a long run, um, but just getting out for a walk, even 15 minutes, even 15 minutes, if that's all you can do. A little will go a long way. That's what I'll say. I'm like two songs, like two songs. You got this, you know, put and I think I think within that I, I I'm I'm sure you read it I think most of the world read it that um, New New York Times article that went viral that really explained you know that languish and you know I'm I'm all about also looking for solutions so the idea that people were feeling languished and they were feeling stagnant um, you know I think it was again that early spring and the remedy for that was and we know this from Chinese medicine mm-hmm. um, you know and the trainings we learned uh, with traditional Chinese medicine is the remedy for stagnation is actually flow. And so flowing and moving. So, you know, the vision of you gardening or, you know, the person who is going for a walk or maybe dancing in your kitchen. I think these things we want to be, you know, recognizing that there is huge return on these investments, even though it might seem like a very small thing. Yeah. Um, Dr. Christie, I don't know if you've, well, I'm I'm sure you have. Have you ever binged TV and you feel like you're rotting after? (laughs) 
like a series or something. Yeah. And I I think that amount of screen time, it's really hard to get out of that slump if you're on the couch and um, like episode after episode. And now Netflix and Prime, they've made it so easy to do that. So I I think um, recognizing, I mean, one or two days, fine. But when it becomes a pattern, um, Mm. yeah, that's a serious something to be addressed for sure. Yeah. And, and yeah. habits, habits, stack habits. And, you know, it's all about, I, I know for, for myself and a lot of, I, uh, you know, a lot of the people listening, um, you know, we were really looking for something. Children went to bed, computers finally off for the day. There's no demands. And as we were really looking for something in that time, that really grindy time or that experience of like, I just need something for myself. And I think the reframe to say, you don't need to get it then. I mean, go to bed, <laughs> you know, if you're tired, it's exhausted, it's been a hard day and maybe reclaim that time in the morning. So you get up that sort of staying up the hour later. What if you went to bed and then you got up a half an hour, an hour later, and that's when you reclaim the time and you're going to get so much more of a return on investment around that and set your day up for success. So, you know, I think a big thing you and I've talked about as a similarity is we don't want to have two people, right? So if you're listening to this and you're ready to like, okay, I'm done with these two, like they keep telling me what to do and how to do it. Like, pick one of these things. Um, and I think realize that you're, this isn't about I'm doing this in order to be good or healthy. This is really about offsetting and trying to support your body through such a difficult time and realizing that, you know, the, the choice is really in when we start to stack our habits in this way, it becomes easier and life is hard enough. So if we can, we can start to move with ease in our mind, body, and spirit, then we end up, you know, that it's not away in anything. It's just sort of happening organically. It's, it's lifestyle. It's lifestyle medicine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm curious to know, I mean, I know we talked, you, you, you gave some awesome examples last week of breath work. Um, I'm really curious to know, you know, during those times of acute stress. So we talked in the context of what's the impact of stress, especially through the pandemic, why this has been such a tricky time, how that can show up in the body. We've talked about ways to cope and prevent some of the profound impact that can have, have it have on the body what do we do when we're in it? Like what, what kinds of things would you recommend for people when they're just like, they're in it? It's such high stress. You know, they're maybe feeling that all the symptoms, the rapid heart rate, you know, the nervous tummy, what can people do in those moments to try to regrain and kind of reclaim their own bodies? Okay. I lost you for a second, but I got you back. Okay. Um, Um, Okay. So um, uh, basically handling that anxiety and that those palpitations and the high Mm -hmm. stress response. um, I, I, I hate to go back to it, but breath work is so immediate. Yes. It just 10 deep diaphragmic breaths can reduce your heart rate, calm your mind, um, oxygenate your muscles. It's like probably the number one thing you can do that's instantaneous. Um, it's really when you're having that stress response, it's really the only thing you have voluntary. So when we talk about involuntary, that's the stuff we can't control, right? It's yeah. happening in the physiology. We can, it's just, it's like the body's response to uh, feeling danger. The breath is where we actually have something that we can utilize reaction in the body. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm, it's funny. Um, my mind is in the Olympics because the Olympics are going now and it kind of brings me back to 2012 and possibly the biggest stress of my life was the Olympic final. Right. Okay. I need to like, please, just, like, I want to hear, this is for me. If anyone else is listening, that's cool. I'm like, you, I'm like front and center stage. Tell me about how did you, how did you like manage that stress? That yeah. Pressure? It, 
it, it is uh, quite a bit of stress, I, a good stress. But um, so basically, um, we do everything in practice. Like, uh, we've been training for that race. Well, I, I, I was training for like 15 years, but mm -hmm. particularly that particularly that race with that combination of people at least six months and we go through all the parts of the race in repetition and by the time you get to the actual olympic final it's like it's just another day we've done this before mm -hmm. we've done it a thousand times and you just go through the motions now managing all those external factors and um like obviously we didn't perform with tens of thousands of people watching before mm -hmm. you just go into tunnel vision you you, you black it out um mm -hmm. one of the biggest things we did leading into it is um meditation and um mm -hmm. imagery so i uh, i always um we i don't know if we have time for me to talk about mark tewksbury maybe i'll save it for another time but he he was my idol um mm -hmm. and uh he taught me about visualization and uh i i find mm -hmm. if you if you repeat that performance every day in your head it's like you're already there right wow. and you can do this for a job interview you can do it for um writing wow. an exam or you know you can you can prep in your mind and it gives you that exposure without actually being there and the more detailed the better so um yeah i'll save the mark to experience story for another time oh but my gosh, um, yes. he's <laughs> he's yes. uh he's uh, an amazing uh national hero um wow. in swimming so. And I and I think you know yes, whole podcast dedicated to that, one hundred percent. And and I think in the spirit of of that knowingness and that that practice and that that learning that you have is yeah is like the more we practice and whether that's for an Olympic final or whether that's for being able to relate to our kids in a non-reactive way or being able to, um, you know, show up at our job regardless of the external stressors. It is a practice, right? We don't just snap our fingers and go, okay, I'm in it and now I'm going to respond in this way because the cognitive part of our brain, the, the frontal cortex, that more executive part has, you know, hasn't, it's, it's not, that's secondary. The first part is that visceral reaction. It is the primordial part and, you know, we've already flipped the lid or we're already reacting. So if we can really work with the executive functioning, which is, is really what that visualization means to me when you talk about the when you talk about the practice relative to the physiology, then you know you're in the event and your brain is already already practiced, is already knows it, those pathways are already there. That angioplasticity, as you said, is already there. So you know, and it doesn't have to be hours and hours. It can literally be you know three minutes of breath work every day, so that now when you're in the stress reaction and your body gets those signals, your mind it is already in that practice exactly exactly oh you you so, say it so much better than i can <laughs> no no no, no. Really, we are just playing ping pong here this is incredible well i really i mean what an incredible conversation i loved every minute of it and i cannot wait to continue this i next week we're gonna we're gonna talk movement we're gonna talk movement next week is movement so um i'm sure we'll have lots more to say around that and really you know one of the things that i'm hoping we can cover off is that idea around what type of movement depending on the stress reaction right and where how to kind of read our own body's cues and move away from prescriptive movement that sort of shooting into permissive and that internal knowing the knowing of how we want to move our bodies um so to be continued on this lifestyle medicine conversations with dr rochelle new collaboration here with me dr rochelle is available for one-on-one -on -one care um we're going to be doing the groups together
these podcasts. So please reach out with any sort of questions, anything that you want to when you want to share. And one thing we were going to do with this podcast, Rochelle, I almost forgot, was you know each try to kind of share with some ourselves, set an intent of what the thing, what kind of we could work on between now and next visit uh, or next um, episode. And for me, I think it really is getting back to that morning practice, right? I have let that slip. That morning, I don't even want to say it's meditation because like there are no meditation pillows, there is no yoga mat, but really that moment, um, the three moments of breath work to really be able to remind my physiology around how to uh, con- how to become more uh, grounded and centered when there aren't all the stressors coming at me. And what about yeah. you? What, what kind um, of things are you going to do to support yourself this week? I am going to go to bed before 11 o'clock and <laughs> okay. turn off the TV. <laughs> okay. Even during the Olympics, I feel like you, of all people, can get a pass. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to bed. I, I, yeah, I, I'm under-functioning in the day. I will go to bed earlier. <laughs> yes. There's always, you know, there's as long as we, as you said, I mean, coming full circle, just don't turn on the news, don't get the highlights, and watch, watch, it, um, watch it as if it was live, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, to okay. be continued, I'm so excited for us to connect again next week um, uh, on this podcast in between visits. Thanks so much, Rochelle. Thank you. Bye, Dr. Christine. Bye. Bye, everyone. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of In Between Visits. I'm just so excited that you're tuning in and, you know, really connecting with these incredible experts that I have uh, on the show these days. You know, everyone who has sharing their wisdom around lifestyle medicine and supporting you on your health journey. Guess what? I have a new partner. Cardish Health Food Center is sponsoring In Between Visits. Cardish is a locally owned and operated health food store in Ottawa. They've got seven locations and their staff is just super dedicated and committed to helping you find the right products that you're looking for. Whether it's supplements or groceries or beauty products, they've got it. And if you're looking for more information about what Cardish store is in your neighborhood, you can visit www.cardish.com. Keep listening because Cardish is going to be offering up some pretty awesome giveaways and uh, information. We're going to be partnering up for some webinars and really our intent is to you know continue to help you on your journey towards ultimate happiness and health thanks so much guys